Oh, I, I think I'm all about the uh, testicles. Wow. Welcome to Unscripted with Kirby Hossaman and Bill Petrie. In this weekly podcast, Kirby and Bill talk about the world of marketing, branding, and promotional products. Unscripted is available only at promocorner.com, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry. Now, here's Kirby and Bill. Welcome to episode number 144 of the Unscripted Podcast. I am your co-host, Bill Petrie. With me as always... The Staff Sergeant of Stadium Cups, the one and only Kirby Hossaman. Kirby, how the hell are you today? I am doing great, actually, Bill. It's been a, it been, as I've complained a ton about this winter, I'm starting to see springtime. I just got back from a vacation with my wife and a bunch of friends, and I'm back and refreshed and excited to get after it. How about you? I'm doing great. Also, warmer weather here. Um, one of the great things about living in Middle Tennessee is you do get four seasons, and so mm-hmm. you get we get about seriously about forty-five to fifty days in spring of fifty-three at night, seventy-two during the day, mm, and we get the nice. same in the fall. And we're right in the at the cusp of that. In fact, we're going to have that type of day today, and that makes me very happy. But you know what else makes me happy, Kirby? What's that, Bill? Oh, I'm so glad you asked, Kirby. That'd be the good goods at Common Skew. And, you know, one of my big things that I talk about is how important it is to remove friction from the process, from anybody's process, right? That's sure. that kind of the drum I beat on a uh, weekly basis. Well, I know you know this, but maybe our listening audience doesn't. But CommonSkew helps modern distributors remove friction from the buying process, from For ideation. Sure. I'm sorry? I said for sure. Sorry. Oh, for sure. No, it's okay. You can interrupt me anytime you want, Kirby. But they remove friction from the buying process from ideation to invoicing. As you well know, Kirby, CommonSkew helps distributors streamline their workflow, connect their teams, impress their clients, collaborate with suppliers, and grow their business. How can one system do that, Kirby? It's quite amazing, isn't it? It is unbelievably amazing. And their integration with promo standards allows distributors to work seamlessly with suppliers on CommonSkew, giving them access to live inventory, order status updates, shipping notifications, and electronic POs. It really is a one-stop solution, isn't it? It is, and we've been using it since, I think, 2014, and it just continues to get better and better. And that's yeah. that's actually one of the things I love. Yeah, they continue. It's, it's not static. They continue to evolve and grow and make that a better tool. And if you'd like to learn more about how CommonSkew can remove the friction from your workflow, and gosh knows we all need a little bit of that uh, friction <laughs> removal, Go ahead and head over to commonskew.com. Whoa, <coughs> a little bit of a cough there, Kirby. Yep. Go over to commonskew.com. You won't be sorry you did, and we always thank them for their uh, very nice sponsorship of this podcast. Yeah, and, and it, I will tell you, as a person who worked with several different platforms, I'm excited that I made that switch. Absolutely. And before we get started, I do want to remind our audience, you know, we you can always listen to the podcast on promocorner.com, but the podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and very, very soon, hopefully in about a week, Stitcher. Nice. So go ahead and just find where you prefer to listen to your podcasts and search Promo Corner and go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Hopefully you won't be sorry you did. Awesome stuff. Kirby, are you ready to uh, broadcast at some sort of level today? I am. I'm ready to give it a shot, my friend. A level of your choosing. Yeah, it's it's actually a level. I've decided it's a level of the audience choosing. Sometimes I think that the podcast is amazing and, and uh, you know, crickets. And then other mm-hmm. times I'm like, oh, we did it. And then people like it. So who knows? Well, 
Who knows? But what I do know is you should start us off with the topic today, Kirby. I love it. Okay, so I'm going to start us off the topic, but I want to say it's one that um, someone in our audience reached out to me about, and I oh, thought, cool. yeah. So Bruce Shermerhorn uh, has been a, a promo veteran. He was at Beacon for a long time. Mm-hmm. He's been uh, several different places, and he sent me a LinkedIn message about a video that Gary Vaynerchuk did recently, okay. um, and talking about uh, marketing and you know you know this, but for those who don't know, Gary Vaynerchuk is very much into social media and and um, content creation. And he had a short video where he was talking about the next frontier of marketing. And I wanted to get your take on it. He was saying that text messaging, text message marketing is yes. now open for business um, in the marketing world and that he is seeing a ton of, of value and a ton of sales coming from it. Um, I think it's I, I always look at things both from the marketing perspective, but also from the consumer perspective, and I have mixed feelings about this. Um, but I wanted your take on it. Do you believe text marketing is a you know a good tool? Do you think it's up and coming, or do you think it's gonna be spammy? Um, my gut reaction, Kirby, is it's spammy. I don't love. A bunch of text messages from numbers like three seven dash eight six five, which is generally what these things are. I, I don't like it. Um, to me, it feels like a very personal invasion. So yes, it's open for business, and yes, you can opt into things. Right. Um, and, I, but, and by the way, I think he was very adamant that these were opt-in ideas. So he said, not he, he in the video, somebody asked him, and he was like, "Not spam, not spam." He's like, "These are in opt-in things." And he is seeing, just for context, that he's getting like an, a ninety-three percent open rate mm-hmm. and a ninety percent engagement rate, which I thought was super interesting. And, and see, I believe those numbers because again, you're opting in. Right. So, I, I, yes, from an opt-in perspective, I think it's a really great tool. I do. Um, but I think people are, are a lot like me, and they're going to be extraordinarily judicious about what they opt in on. So I will be probably much faster to opt in to some sort of email marketing mm-hmm. than I would be to text uh, marketing because, right. again, it goes right to my phone. And I, I'm, you know, I, I say all the time when I, you know, talking about, my cell phone. Hey, this is for my convenience, not anybody else's. So right. I really try not to be so reactive. Like I see text messages, oh my gosh, I got to respond right away or so on and so forth. But I'm human and I do fall into that trap. So I hear yeah. my little text dinger go off and yeah, I check it. And I don't want to know about T-Mobile's greatest, latest offer. Right. I don't. Um, so I, I would be very judicious about that. Like I can, I'm trying to think... The only text messaging service I've opted into from a marketing standpoint, and I mean it's not even from a marketing standpoint, it's like American Airlines. I get status updates mm, right. for flights and things like that. That makes sense to me. Right. I don't want to know. I don't. I can't think of even with Gary V or or you or anybody that I'd really want to invite that type of communication, marketing. On my cell phone. Right. Now, maybe I'm being an old man and maybe I'm right. being myopic, but I just, I, I, I'm struggling to see where it applies to me personally. So that's my initial answer, but I'd like to do a little bit of, of research on that, which obviously, because of the way we do the podcast, yeah, I have I didn't no idea. You, I didn't give you any chance to do that. You um, gave me no chance. Yeah. And so I'd say, I think that it's interesting 
and I talk about this a lot with our team is that, you know, we look at things both from a marketing or a business perspective. And then when we look at it from a consumer perspective, we often mm -hmm. have different uh, perspectives, right? Mm -hmm. um, my initial reaction was from a consumer perspective. And I was like, yeah. ugh, right? Um, because, and truth be told, email, I do get to when I want to get to it. Sure. I have all notifications turned off. I, but text messaging, because often it's from my kids or my family, yep. I do get those notifications and it, it is very much interruption. No question. And so that's the part that I would be, um, unless I'd be really into it, that would probably frustrate me. On the other hand, mm -hmm. I think my kids would feel totally different. I and agree. so that's the part where you're like, well, I think that, and again, it's not where it is, but where it's moving. And Agreed. I think that there is some, there could be some real value there. As you were talking, I was thinking, so I was, I was doing what I probably shouldn't do. I'm half listening to you and half thinking about <laughs> things, if, if I'm being fully transparent here. But I do think, I think it's probably a valuable tool if done properly. Sure. Good luck defining done properly. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but I do think there's value in it as long as it creates value in the ultimate receiver of the uh, the message. So, Well, we, you and I have talked about brand marketing versus direct marketing. Mm-hmm. And I think if we are looking at it from a direct marketing perspective, it, it could be super powerful. It, I believe it can. Yeah. Again, it's just I'd like to kind of figure out where I'm, – I'm trying to think where I would be open to marketing. Now, I'm, I, now here's one that – so maybe I could watch Ticketmaster. Right. And I could subscribe to certain bands – where I know that they're coming, to, where Ticketmaster obviously knows they're coming to town, and they can text me, hey, Eric Johnson is coming to town April 24th. The tickets go on sale March 2nd. Right. Now, that's something that I would like on it. So there, there is an application for it. So, again, you have that initial reaction of, oh, my God, no, absolutely not. And then I think, well... Yeah. Actually, that wouldn't bother me so much. So I think there is an application, but I do think it needs to be very, very carefully and well thought out and then directed to a very specific target audience. Yeah. I think you really got to get narrow here. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Good, uh, good topic, Kirby. Thanks, bub. I think we're already broadcasting it <laughs> like an oak level today. Yeah, absolutely. Oak All right, or Kirby. maple or something. So I was thinking about you this week, and oh, I, I think I said earlier in the year, you know, we've talked so much about my journey in the industry and life, but I don't think we've done that enough with you. <laughs> okay. So the spotlight is turned squarely on you, Kirby Hossaman. Great. <laughs> no, I think this is good. <laughs> Hindsight, as you know, 2020, right? Yes. And you left... Halo after being at JII mm -hmm. in 2004, if memory serves me correctly. Yes, I believe that's right. Okay. Uh, yeah, well, no. Actually, that's not true. It was 2005. Uh, sorry. No, actually, I didn't leave officially until, I think, 2008. Okay, well. Yeah, there you go. It doesn't matter. Okay, sorry. No, no, no. Don't, don't, don't be. So, looking back, it's you've been building Hassaman Marketing for 11 years now, if you left mm -hmm. in 2008. Mm-hmm. I want you to look back over the last decade plus. Okay. I would like to know, you know, you've been on a journey. What would you do the same? What, what were a, a decision or two that you I'll, – I'll do these one by one so you don't have to remember. Okay. Um, so first, what would you do the same? What, what deci Give me one or two decisions that you've made along the way that, wow, really have paid off 
maybe more than you ever thought they would. So let's start with that. Okay, so I would say hiring people before I was 100% ready. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that as an entrepreneur, you know, as a salesperson, you know, so many times we want to try and keep control of everything, and we know, hey, we would do it better than everybody else because then we know about it, and then also, hey, I'm, hiring somebody is a big risk and and whatever, and at both times, the especially early on. So I hired an assistant full time when, to be honest with you, I was actually still with Lee Wayne Halo. So right. I was actually splitting the money and I hired an assistant because I decided that I could spend so much more time on the things I needed to. Um, so hiring people before I was 100% ready, Dustin was the next one. Yep. I, I had a month's worth of work for him when I hired him with the idea that, I'm, I, it's my job now to go keep him busy. I love that. Both of those decisions, you know, it was one of those where I, I talked about burn the boats moments. Yep. I burned the boats. I have to succeed. Well, absolutely. And, <laughs> and fortune so favors those were the good. Bowl. Yeah, it was, it was, those ended up being good decisions. I okay. think I would totally do those again. Okay. Great. I love that answer, by the way. Sometimes okay, cool. you have to take that leap of faith. Uh, second part of the question, what would you do differently? Give me one or two decisions you would do differently that you would say, you, boy, that didn't pay off. And, and I would I would counsel any person trying to start a business to avoid this type of mistake. You know, I don't know if I would avoid it or totally do it differently, but I think that there, you know, um, I have worked with my wife, I've worked with my mother, I, my daughter works for the company. Um, working with family has challenges that you don't foresee when you're doing them. Mm-hmm. It is, it can bring stress uh, to the family, not only in the office, but at, at holidays in the home. Um, that is one that, not that I wouldn't do it, but I, th- were there little things that I would set boundaries for earlier on that would have, I think, made everybody happier in the long term? Those are places where I feel like I've failed a little bit and that I would, um, Again, I think, as you said, hindsight's twenty twenty. I would yeah. do things just a smidge differently um, so that everybody, I think, would be happier. Great. And okay, the last one. What's the worst mistake you made building your business, and how did you rebound from it? Um, it, it, for me, every single challenge that I've had around my business has to do with cash and cash flow. Yeah. Um, I think that it is extraordinarily easy to get credit. So, like mind-blowingly easy, (laughs) really, even if it's small amounts of credit before you're really ready for it. Um, And so I would, um, you know, I think that though, as you said, fortune favors the bold, on the other side, it's about going, okay, how can I do this without taking on debt? Um, I think that we have, we continue to um, dig out of debt that I had done in the past. I think it's shaped the way I make decisions today. Um, Sometimes debt is totally necessary and that's Mm -hmm. cool. Um, But I think early on you're like, eh, (laughs) I can put that on the line of credit. No worries. Um, And I think that those are, there was not like one giant decision that was a problem, but it's like, I think those are the kind of things that, well, you and I've talked about the book profit first. Mm Mm-hmm. That was such a game changer for me because it gave me a blueprint for finance when I didn't have an accounting or finance background. I remember you, I remember when we first spoke after you read that book and I remember you being very transparent about, wow, this has really changed the way I look at things. And uh, I really love that last answer you had. I mean, you know, what's the saying? Money's cheap. 
and it, yeah. it is easy to get credit. It is easy to, you know, that's what, hey, isn't that our right as Americans to have a whole <laughs> bunch of debt and credit? It's not. Yeah. And, and running a profit-first company and, and being as debt-free as you can, uh, very, very smart, very wise words. So I, I always, you know, we, like I said, we talk about my journey. We need to talk about yours more often because I think that has a lot more practical advice for our listeners. So great stuff, Kirby. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. Um, Next. Next. So big headline uh, in the since we are on our podcast, and I know that you have often said that this is the greatest podcast in the history of the medium. I believe Correct. is something you've said. Yeah. <laughs> um, Spotify has yet to agree. It sounds like because they just bought their third po- podcasting company in like less than a year. Yeah. They bought Gimlet. Um, they just bought another one, and the headlines are saying that they're trying to become the Netflix of podcasting. Okay. I think that's interesting, and I I was kind of curious to know your thoughts about, you know, is that something that is showcasing how powerful podcasting is? Is it? Do you give a damn? What are your thoughts on like sort of the sudden um, consolidation of the podcasting world? I don't. I see. I didn't even notice that. Okay. So I didn't uh, at all. Okay. So my my thought would be, I think. I think podcasting, much like music, would be very, very difficult to consolidate. Mm. Um, so I don't think it will consolidate, to be honest with mm, you. Interesting, okay. I think, um, you know, I look at my phone, and I've got uh, Apple Music, which I use quite a bit. I use Spotify also quite a bit. Um, so I, But I listen to my podcasts through Apple. I just okay. do because it's, it's, a, it's a platform. It's built into my phone. I don't have to think about it. I can search it, and I can find it. Um, I stream music through Spotify. Okay. So that's, you know, and maybe maybe I'm different. And, you know, again, we talk about the age thing and, and, and it's, you know, sometimes, sometimes there's a generation gap. But I just don't think you're going to be able to consolidate that any more than anyone's been able to consolidate the music industry. I mean, Apple Apple is still, despite, you know, Apple Music uh, and, and their, their Apple Music app kind of sucking a little bit, <laughs> um, they are still the largest uh, music company in the world. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Spotify still has its struggles. Um, you have Google Play. You get podcasts there. We talked about that at the, at the top of the at the top of the, the broadcast. You've got Stitcher. I just don't. I just don't think it's going to consolidate that way. Hell, I, this is maybe I'm stupid or old or dumb. Mm. I didn't even know you could get podcasts on <laughs> Spotify. Um, I guess it doesn't surprise <clears throat> me because it's just an RSS feed, and you can pull it from you know one location and put it in multiple locations, but. I don't think there'll be a consolidation of podcasts. But to answer your question, I'm sorry, real quick, I know you're about to say something, but to answer no, your question, I think podcasting can be a powerful medium. Um, we look at all the podcasts that are starting up in our industry, um, and, and there are some really great ones out there, and it's exciting. Um, but it, you know, it's, it's, an, it's a medium where anybody can enter. And so mm-hmm. your, your mileage may vary. There are some podcasts in any industry that are good and not so good. So I, I don't know if it speaks to the power of the medium. I think it speaks to the ease of access to the medium. Yeah, I think I, I think my take on it is Spotify buying this many podcasting companies does speak to the power of the medium. 
Okay. Um, and I think that, that they're seeing the value. And I think what it does from a positive perspective is it helps. It's just like anything else. It helps to fund um, and hopefully to create enhanced storytelling. Um, when it comes, you know, if there is money behind a process, then sometimes you can take more time mm-hmm. that you can hire writers. There's, you know, just like any other content creation, really. And I view, you know, NBC as content creation. Oh, sure. Um, so I think it, the idea that it could become the Netflix, Netflix for your ears, um, is, I think that's interesting as a model. And I actually think that your point about it being, um, sort of democratized is, important and this consolidation makes me nervous not that it will totally go away but it it, whenever other people are curating and deciding who gets to be at the front of the list yeah i don't know that that's how podcasting has worked a ton a little bit certainly right but um that's one of the things i love about podcasting is that anybody can jump in absolutely i i I hope that that is not affected by things like this i couldn't agree more and i love the fact that you know in in our industry look at our industry alone the past couple years the amount of podcasts and really good ones yes um that have started up just recently and in the past year and i'm not going to go ahead and list them all because i'll leave somebody off and they'll they'll get pissed off but (laughs) there's some really good ones out there from from men from women from every angle of our industry and it's it's exciting it's fascinating and I believe that because the way podcasts are right now, the cream rises to the top. I think I think the good podcasts are, mm-hmm. are will be listened to, the ones that are consistent, so on and so forth. I do hear your point, but you know, there's a there's a couple podcast channels out there like Podcast One. They they have a ton of podcasts. Like I think they have Joe Rogan, they have Adam Carolla, they have Mark Marin, they have you know all, a, a bunch of podcasts where they're creating content that people are being paid to to you know, drive and build an audience through podcasting. I'm like you. I hope it doesn't eliminate the uh, lack of a barrier of entry to podcast. I don't think it ever will mm-hmm. um, because, again, I still think it's way too – we're still in the wild, wild west of podcasting. Oh, totally. And I just – I don't see it's going to totally be integrated into one location Um you know, because we, we do use that Netflix, right? Netflix is the is a game changer right now. Every other, uh, you know, traditional entertainment medium like NBC, ABC, all the, seems like they're standing still, right? Right. Um, but they have competition too. Hulu does great things. Amazon Prime does great things. Yep. So, you know, it, there, there's still competition out there, and I think that's the important thing. Yeah. Cool. All right. All right. Just wanted your take on that. Yeah, I, no, I appreciate that. All right. So are you familiar with eSports, Kirby? Esports, like mm-hmm. from ESPN? No. Then no. <laughs> esports is gaming. Oh, okay. All right. Video games. Okay. Yeah. So huge growing industry. All yes. Right? It is amazing the amount of resources, and you can turn on ESPN sometimes, and you will see teams playing Fortnite against each other, and they're playing for a championship. And and some of these people make hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. Like the people who are really good at esports. They make a ton of money. This is something that is really happening in in the world. And something I saw just just grab my attention. First of all, because it it involves Pringles. So that's always going to grab my attention. So Pringles has made a huge investment into sponsoring eSports, 13 tournaments across Europe. Okay. And it's estimated to be about $5 million a year in investment. That's a pretty significant investment. It is, yeah. Absolutely. So – 
with the advent of esports, and I do think we're going to see that happen here more in America too. I think you're going to see buildings built specifically for esports competitions where an audience can sit and watch. I mean, I I have 16 year old boys, and it's amazing the amount of YouTube they watch. That's a lot of how they consume Netflix and YouTube is really how they consume entertainment. A visual entertainment, and they watch people play video games. I mean, yep. that is entertainment to them. Um, so I think you're going to see that in our country. My question to you is, let's say there's an eSports league starting in Ohio, <laughs> and they come to you and they want promotional merchandise hmm. for attendees to a tournament, a swag bag, if you will, maybe for the, uh, the, the players. What would you suggest to them? That is fascinating. Um, I think it's fascinating that it's called esports and not gaming. Mm-hmm. Uh, sports that is um, sponsored by Pringles. Um, hang on hey, a second. Any, I'm, I'm anything, coughing. Anything sponsored by Pringles, Kirby, anything sponsored by Pringles should grab the attention of any food-loving American or even any food-loving person worldwide. Yeah, well, it's not Gatorade. So I think that's interesting. So, you know, I think that that's what my mind Im- immediately goes to is that, you know, the idea of uh, the swag is, it's it, you know, I guess it's sports. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, this the moment, I think we spend a lot of time where you joke about being the old man on the lawn. This mm-hmm. is 100% when I'm going to be that. So uh-huh. let's just put that out there. Um, I would say, okay, so right off the top of my head, mm-hmm. um, I think that you're looking for, I think it'd be really cool to do some sort of, super soft t-shirt i think the um the other thing that pops into my mind um we got some amazing sweatpants Mm -hmm. that had like patches from emt i think they were done from redwood Mm -hmm. like some sort of sweatpants and uh kind of workout quote unquote gear would be super cool for the people who are participating but also for the people who are there something Mm -hmm. that you could take with you um and then um i'm all about the apparel i guess because hoodie comes to mind as well um and then um I think some sort of uh, drinkware piece all right, just okay. comes into my mind, whether it's a water bottle. Again, if we're going to play off the idea that it's eSports, mm-hmm. um, putting together sort of an athlete's kit, yep. um, maybe even headband, wristband, that sort of thing. So okay. that, those are the things that pop into my head. So I'm, I actually love the concept of eSports. I, I, okay. I, I think it's fascinating, and I love it um, because it, you talk about understanding what your target audience does um, and, and where the audience – you know, we talk about – I always use that football analogy. The quarterback mm-hmm. throws where the receiver is. The ball gets batted down or picked off. you got to throw where the receiver's going. And I think from a, a marketing perspective, from a sponsorship perspective, you need to kind of figure out where your audience is going. Okay, um, I like that. And, and, and I think, you know, because – you know, video games make more money than movies. I mean, it is a, it is a larger industry than the movie industry. Mm. And, and I don't think a lot of people really realize that. Um, and there are some really cool games out there because I see my kids play them and I, I play with them because, it's cool. dang it, it's fun. So from a, from a promotional products perspective, um, I think a backpack. I think a very cool mm. backpack because they're going to bring their own headphones. They're going mm, to bring call. their own um, uh, controllers. They're going to, you know, want, want that stuff with them. And, and gosh knows, they need a place to hold their Pringles. So <laughs> um, I do like the apparel one. I love, you know, a, a really soft, perhaps butter soft T-shirt from right. our friends at T-Shirt Tycoon, not an endorsement, just a suggestion. Um, plenty of other great apparel companies out there as well. 
I'm not sure the drinkware piece makes sense, but I, I get where you're going because I you gotta think wash be... down the Pringles, bro. <laughs> 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 uh, um, but I really think it's it's a very fascinating thing. I like the idea of the uh, sweatpants and the headbands and things like that. Yeah. I'm thinking stickers, lot Ooh. of stickers. Yeah, I dig um, that. I look at my kids' computers, and it, they are sticker fests. So okay. um, those, those are what I think. But I, I do think it's fascinating. You know, you think of traditional sports, and Gatorade sponsors them because it's quote-unquote healthy. And then, yeah. you know, you think of eSports and, hey, man, a giant can of Pringles while dudes, <laughs> dudes munching on that playing Fortnite. So I think yep. that's kind of yeah, kind feels of funny. Like, feels like Red Bull should be a part of it somehow. Red Bull might be a part of it. I mean, yep. And, you know, that, that would be very interesting. But you know what else is interesting, Kirby? What's that, Bill? Oh, that'd be our good friends at Gold Star. Do you know that they carry the top product categories for promotional products? I mean, a really? lot of people. Yes, really. A lot of people look at them as just writing instruments. And don't get me wrong. They have possibly the best. And, and I'm not even going to say possibly. I'm just going to say it, Kirby. That's how bold I am. <laughs> they have the best writing instruments in the entire industry with that ever smooth ink. Inc. And, you know, 89% of consumers own promotional writing instruments. I mean, that's a great opportunity for everybody. And we all know that Gold Star has hundreds of on-trend and in-demand writing instrument styles to make sure your clients and customers always have a correctly branded pen right in their hand. They've got those full-color wraparound imprints on slim and large barrels, great for any sort of contact information. But why leave a business card or anything like that when you can use a writing instrument, something people will use with all your information right on there. That's a great business card, right? And, you know, our friend Charity Gibson does a great, there you are clicking that pen. <laughs> our friend Charity Gibson always mentions, and she's so right when she does this, use promo to sell promo. Totally. And, and this is a great opportunity to do that. They also have those free full-color design backgrounds for simple-color writing instruments, drinkware, and stationery. They've got bags. They've got bags, and they carry a brand and a message. So don't, uh, don't forget about that. And don't forget about that USA-made full-color drinkware that is made to impress. The list just keeps on going as the people Gold Star are looking to dominate the industry. So if you want to sign up for a free Simplicity Starter Kit, and gosh darn it, you should, go ahead and sign up at goldstarpens.com unscripted. Go ahead and get to branding. You're not going to be sorry you did. Now, Kirby, before we got rolling here, you said you were very excited about fill in the blank today, which makes me, I'll be honest with you, a little nervous. So why don't you go ahead and kick us off today? All right. I definitely have a theme this week. You had okay. mentioned that in a blog post that was very well written this past week that you had evolved, you've grown over the last five years, and and it inspired me. Okay. And so... And thank the, you, by the yeah, way. I yeah. appreciate that. So the, um, the fill-in-the-blank theme is college bill mm-hmm. versus current bill. Oh, my Lord. Okay. okay. All right. So... The answer is, you know, college bill versus current bill. So more likely. So the person who is more likely to say, quote, you were right, I was wrong. Would that be college bill or current bill? Uh, Current bill, definitely. Uh, Easily current bill. I've always had it wired in me. Um, I, I don't, you know, I don't love conflict, but I'm not afraid of it. Um, but I've always been, um, very early in, a, in an argument to try to find the place where I've been wrong and go ahead and own up to it. Um, mm. I don't like prolonging arguments just for the sake of prolonging them. So I will, I will own my shit very quickly. Um, 
That doesn't mean I always recognize it, though, right? Sometimes <laughs> right. you don't recognize when you're wrong. But when I recognize it, I really, really work very hard to own that, uh, accept it, and uh, apologize, and ask for forgiveness. All right. So one point, current bill. All right, Kirby. So I, too, have a theme. Today, as we record this, which is Thursday, um, mm-hmm. March 28th, is opening day for baseball. Had a feeling. Really? Yeah, I had a feeling this would be the theme. Well, look at you. All right, Kirby. Your dream baseball position would be? Shortstop. Shortstop. Yeah, no, I I think that when I I played baseball growing up, uh, love the sport to play. Not that I don't enjoy watching it on TV, so I don't get as excited about this. Love love watching it in person and playing it. Shortstop was probably my favorite position. I ended up playing second base because I didn't have the arm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and so, but I would say if, you know, I always thought shortstop was sort of like the, the captain of the infield, for what, lack of a better term. So I would say shortstop for sure. Okay. All right. Back to college bill versus current bill. More likely to go streaking. College bill, current bill. That'd be current bill. Um. <laughs> Surprisingly, that is current, Bill. Um, I, I, yeah, I probably, I'd probably be more inclined to do that now for a, for a laugh. Yeah, yeah. current. Bill. I can't, I, I can't wait for Expo East. Uh, well, um, <laughs> you know what? Streaking in Atlantic City is kind of goes hand in hand. So, right, good possibility there. Kirby Blank is the pitcher, past or present, that you'd most like to hit a home run off of. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I'll go. I go Nolan Ryan. Knew um, that was going to be your answer. Yeah, and, and not because of that. Not because of the Texas Rangers or anything like that. I think it's because I think Nolan Ryan is the guy who I think of when I think of the best pitchers of all time. Yeah. And so if I'm in, in you know, through the heater, he was tough. He was, mm-hmm. you know, just seemed like he was cool. And so I, I, when I think of who I would love to succeed against, I don't know that I'd love to face him, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, but if I were to have that moment in the sun, I think um, either either Nolan Ryan or Roger Clemens are the ones that come to mind. I would bet my next eighteen paychecks that I would give you one hundred pitches from Nolan Ryan, and you would not lay one piece of wood on the ball, not at all, not a foul tip, nothing. No yeah, way. and by the way, like again, current Nolan Ryan. Yeah, current. Yeah, that's <laughs> what, no, that's what I meant. Seventy-nine-year-old or seventy-three-year-old yeah. current Nolan Ryan. All right, go ahead, Kirby. All right, more likely, college bill, current bill, more likely to skydive. College bill. Okay. Um, I have a theory, and I think I may have said this before. Or I have not a theory. It's just kind of the way I live my life. I don't need to do things that simulate death um, <laughs> these days. So I generally don't like roller coasters for that reason. Mm. Um, I, I don't have this need to jump out of an airplane <laughs> for, for that reason. I don't need so much kick-ass adrenaline. My life's not that boring that I need that type of, of uh, stress. So I don't, I don't need that. So I, I'd say college bill would be far more likely to uh, go skydiving. Love it. Cool. Kirby, after your, your illustrious playing career in the major leagues, you are rich enough to buy a baseball team. The team you buy is blank, and the manager you hire is blank. Oh, I, you know, I, I'm a lifelong fan of the Cleveland Indians, okay. um, and certainly they have had their fair share of atrociousness. Mm-hmm. They're actually pretty darn competitive right now, um, and I would, I actually like their manager. Um, and just, I'm about to completely show my ignorance. Um, 
uh, I can see his face, but the, their current manager is who I would hire. I think he's doing a really good job. Um, he was the manager for the Boston Red Sox, and then he's come over. Is and it Terry he's, Francona? That seems right, yes. And so, anyway, that's, that's what I would do. All I would right. go Cleveland Indians, current manager. That would be Terry Frank. I, I had I had to use my You'd, Google machine to double yeah. check, but I was correct. All yes, right, Kirby. Absolutely. All right. Final one for college bill versus current bill. Yeah. The person more likely to believe the best in people. Oh, current bill. <laughs> um, I'm far. I'm sorry. Let me re- repeat that again. Just make sure I understand. You laugh. Yeah, the, so I want to make sure I answer that no, properly. No, no. It's, it's what I expected you to say. The yeah. person more likely to believe the best in oh, other people. Oh, definitely current bill. Definitely yeah. current bill. I think. You know, when I was younger, I, as I wrote in the blog, I had the unique ability to find a cloud in every silver lining. Um, <laughs> and I, I think, you know, making a, a change in the way I looked at just not just people but life, there's good everywhere if you want to look for it. Mm, and yeah. I made a conscious decision to do that. And so, yeah, trust me, I can still be an Olympic caliber complainer when I want to be, but I do it now more for funniness and jokiness mm-hmm. um, than really just being like Eeyore and walking around and bitching about everything. So absolutely, uh, you know, even on the worst day, uh, I have a great life, and I, and I know that, and I'm surrounded by great people like you, and I'm blessed to work in a place where I have a great team around me, and I'm supported by ma- ownership. So I, I have a and I have a tremendous family. I, I absolutely current bill. So I think Love we're it. three to one current over college bill. I believe you are right, my friend. All right, Kirby, you are so successful as an owner okay. of the Cleveland Indians. The other owners unanimously elect you to be commissioner of baseball. <laughs> now this, but, but but there's something that bothers you: the sagging ratings and the decline in pay, player salaries. Both of those things bother you. Yep. So you're going to take over marketing of Major League Baseball, and the first thing you do is blank. Open up the floodgates. Major League Baseball has done a horseshit job of managing the current state of media. They are the worst uh, league of any of allowing players to just, and players, fans, other organizations to create media around your sport. NBA's great at it, NFL's great at it, and the if you try and create anything around Major League Baseball, whether it's, you know, vlogs, content, stuff like that, mm-hmm. Major League Baseball wants a piece of it. And that's a huge problem moving forward. That's the reason, like, it's so funny that the, the baseball complains about Mike Trout not doing enough for baseball. Mm-hmm. Mike Trout's an introvert. You've got a right. bunch of great personalities, uh, Bryce Harper and some many others, and you squelch them. You actively go out of your way to make sure that they they do not have direct access and they are not media superstars in the current media realm. And so I would comp- that would be literally project number one is to open those floodgates and allow them and the not only the people who are in the sport but the people surrounding the sport to be more ambassadors of it love it great great answer kirby all right we are now at rapid fire now this i am i'm going to give you so much grace on this one this is a very difficult (laughs) one so there really truly are no wrong answers here okay um i've heard that before but okay no no i mean it this time um so again just to remind anybody if they're listening for the first time i'm going to give kirby two choices and two choices only he can pick one or the other he doesn't need to nor should he explain his choices there are no right answers there are no wrong answers just pick one or the other and we move on quickly now kirby the topic today for rapid fire 
crazy baseball stadium food. Okay. All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. From the Seattle Mariners, toasted grasshoppers, or from the Boston Red Sox, a fried dough sundae? Oh, I'm going grasshoppers. Okay. Now, some of these I'm going to have to explain what they are, so you're going to have to roll with me a little bit. Okay. Now, both of these are from the New York Metropolitans. The, it's a wowful, which is an ice cream wrapped around a waffle, or a banana and caramel frozen yogurt. Wowful. Okay. From the Diamondbacks, the Arizona Diamondbacks, Kirby, a churro dog, which is basically a hot dog that's been replaced with an Oreo churro topped off with whipped cream and Oreo crumbs. Oh, and by the way, the bun is a donut. Oh. Or from the uh, St. Louis Car- Cardinals, tachos, which is a combination of tater tots and nachos. Oh, tachos for sure. All right, Kirby. From the New York Yankees, bowel buns, which are Filipino <laughs> bowel buns stuffed with chicken and pork rinds. Or from the Cleveland Indians, your Cleveland Indians, the slider dog, which is a hot dog topped with bacon, mac and cheese, and Fruit Loops. Oh, easiest ever. Slider dog. That has got to be the most disgusting thing on the planet, but I said there were no wrong answers, so we're going to let that go. Okay. From the Cincinnati Redlegs, the Candy Cloud Waffle Cone. That is a waffle cone, meaning a waffle cone with ice cream uh, stuffed inside cotton candy. Or from the Pittsburgh Pirates, crab fries. French fries with a spice blend and topped with white cheese sauce. Crab fries for sure. All right. From the Minnesota Twins, uh, Kent Herbeck's Double Bloody Mary. And you talked on your podcast about how you're going to get Amy a Bloody Mary, so it's very apropos. Mm -hmm. Um, That comes with sausages, chicken wings, and and a slider on top. Nice. Or from the Los Angeles Dodgers, the Chi Latte. It is a grilled corn on the cob topped with cojita cheese, lime, mayo, chili powder, and Cheeto powder. Hmm. I was convinced I was going to say the first one, but I think the second one. The, the Chi Latte? Yeah. All right. From the Toronto Blue Jays, Mark Graham's favorite team, Distillery Poutine. That is tater tops top, uh, tater tots topped with pork. I'm sorry, pulled pork, cheese curds, whiskey, raisin, r- gravy, and green onions. Mm-hmm. Or from the Colorado Rockies, a Rocky Mountain po, po- boy. That's Rocky Mountain oysters, and I know you know what those are, don't you? know what those are, don't you? I, I do. I do. Those are, those are bull testicles. Um, garlic, uh, garlic slaw, guacamole, green chili ranch, pico de gallo, and cojita cheese on a po' boy. Oh, I, I think I'm all about the uh, testicles. Wow. Oh, <laughs> if that doesn't start this podcast. <laughs> Anna Henley, who puts the podcast together, that has to top the podcast. <laughs> all right. And finally, Kirby, these are both from my beloved Texas Rangers. The Dilly Dog, which is a dill pickle that is cored out and stuffed with an Angus beef hot dog, then battered and deep-fried to a golden brown. Okay. Or the Triple B, bacon, uh, bacon brisket, and bologna sandwich drizzled mm. in barbecue sauce. Oh, the, the Triple B, for sure. Absolutely wrong. Both were correct because they were uh, from the Texas Rangers. Kirby, again, I don't understand how you screw this up every week. There were no wrong answers, but yet you found a way to screw it up. But you know who never screws up, Kirby? Who's that, Bill? Oh, Kirby, thank you so much for asking. That would be the good people at Common Skew. Like we talked about at the top of the podcast, they are experts at helping distributors remove friction from the buying process all the way from ideation to invoicing they're going to help you streamline your workflow connect your teams impress your clients collaborate with suppliers and grow your business if you're interested in learning more and removing friction from your own process 
Go ahead and visit commaskew.com. You won't be sorry you did. Last and not least, before I say goodbye, again, the podcast is available not only at promocorner.com, but available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and very soon, hopefully in about a week or so, Stitcher. So just search Promo Corner and subscribe, Kirby. As always, it's a pleasure doing the podcast with you. Thanks, man. Thank you for listening to Unscripted with Kirby Hossaman and Bill Petrie. Unscripted is available every Friday at promocorner.com, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry.